Thanks for listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse. Check out more great podcasts today on one of these awesome affiliate networks. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. The Tangibound Network. Check it out. Tangiboundnetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. A proud member of the Good and Geek Network. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at gunnageeknetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. On this week's episode, just how well did Rise of Skywalker do at the box office? What's our go-to Christmas movie? And it's time for our Star Wars Episode Nine spoiler cast. All this and more as we delve into a holiday edition of <laughs> the Pop Culture Cosmos. Welcome to the Pop Culture Cosmos. And we're back with another episode of the Pop Culture Cosmos. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, and Game Source. Thank you so much for listening to all of our great shows. But it wouldn't be a Pop Culture Cosmos without my good friend. He's our own elf on the shelf when it comes to Pop Culture Cosmos. You got to check him out today at popculturecosmos.wordpress.com. Also, his great show, Topic Ocalypse, and of course, his book, which I'm going to have to get. Because it doesn't look like a review copy is coming my way anytime soon. Of congratulations, you suck. It is my good friend. It is Josh Peterson. Gonna have to make my happy way down to a local Barnes and Noble. I'm sorry, man. I actually have a pile of them like right next to my keyboard here. I just haven't put them in the mail yet. Got, you know, <laughs> I've just been on anticipation, waiting and waiting. I with know. People. I've heard it from people say, well, he's your co-host, man. You're not good enough to read his book. No, the issue is the, the post office closes at four and I don't get off work till three. And so I don't ever like get in my car to like 345 so i never have time to go over there uh, you're going to the wrong post office man because here in vegas they stay open till five and there's some open after that so you know you just yeah. gotta find it man it's called google man it's called google i know i know, I know. and ups is so expensive so i don't want to do uh, not ups but uh yeah ups right yeah, ups or fedex yeah. man yeah well, why don't you just try Grubhub or something like that? I know, seriously. I just need to drive them out there. Dude, I am overloaded with stuff, like viewing stuff right now. Like I am, I'm about halfway through it, chapter two. I'm about halfway through the first episode of The Witcher. It, it's just there's there's too much, man. It's too much. I'm I'm getting overloaded here. I hear you. And on our next episode, we're gonna go have to shout out our picks for the year and for the decade along with a great guest as well, talking about another aspect of this decade in pop culture. But for today, it is a Star Wars Episode Nine spoiler cast. So spoilers, 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 spoilers all over the episode. It is going to be Jay Bartlett of A Galaxy Far, Far Away and Action Figure Adventure. He's going to stop by to talk at length about spoilers, the Star Wars Episode Nine. Did he like the film? Because he is a Star Wars super fan. Plus, at the end... Josh now gets to go ahead and break his silence, so to speak, on the spoilers. So he gets to go ahead and dish out his final thoughts on the film. And you know what? I'll throw in a sentence there, too. 
Plus also Swell will drop our go-to Christmas movie as we head on out as well. But first off, my friend, before we head to Jay, I just wanted to go ahead and mention to you real quick and everybody out there how well Star Wars Rise of Skywalker did the box office. It did about $175 million here domestically and about $375 million worldwide, which is down substantially over The Last Jedi, which was down over The Force Awakens. Now, mind you, this is all in perspective. It's still one of the highest grossing December performances of all time. It's still one of the highest grossing performances of the year. So I ask you, my friend, the interest is there, but it's just not as much as it was before. For Star Wars? I mean, so this is, I've been reading a lot of interviews and, uh, okay, so I, I love, first of all, I love how diplomatic J.J. Abrams is being, you know, and even in the way he's responding to the criticism, like he is confirming what the stars of the movie are saying and they were saying you know there's a they are happy with their performances but they're unhappy with where the saga went because they said it feels like it was manufactured right like it was like when george lucas had new hope empire strikes back return of the jedi when he was making those the scripts were all already written like he wrote that as a whole he just split the scripts up and expanded them to be different films whereas these were written just for the purpose of being released at a certain date. So you can hear that in the, the interviews of the stars when they go, you know, we, we love our performances, but we feel like the, the movies are were too manufactured and we want Star Wars to go back to a point where it doesn't feel that way anymore. A lot of it does feel forced and I think, no pun intended, but I think that's what is reflecting in a lot of the, you know, the criticisms of both Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker. There's a lot of things I know that want to be said about the film in detail with Jay Bartlett because we're going to be discussing it at length in the spoiler cast. But right after it, you're going to come with your final thoughts, spoilerific on whatever you want to talk about. And then also as well, we'll go ahead and talk about our Christmas movies as well. But for right now, it is going to be something that we're going to be talking about at length. So this is the last stop. Anybody that has not seen Star Wars Episode Nine and doesn't want to hear any spoilers, I'm going to to tell you right now, the rest of the show is dedicated to spoilers because right after this, we're going to go to Jay Bartlett as he talks about Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. For the latest news and information, analysis and opinions on the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA, check out the Lakers Fast Break podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts. And it's Gerald Glassford from the Pop Culture Cosmos. Thank you so much for joining us on today's Star Wars Rise of Skywalker spoiler cast. Just so great to have you here listening and watching us today on our Facebook channel at Pop Culture Cosmos. Also as well, listening to us on Pop Culture Cosmos and all of the great stations that we're going to be played on as well. All right. Well, it is Star Wars Rise of Skywalker, the ninth and final chapter in the Skywalker saga and the 11th film overall. It's been an amazing event so far the past few days, hearing all sides, seeing all the comments, but also as well at the box office. And you know I love to throw numbers out at everyone. And right now it is trailing under The Last Jedi and Star Wars The Force Awakens, which I think is a little bit of a disappointment to Disney because they were hoping for you know, another big explosive way to go out on top. But hey, you know, it's still one of the largest openings of the year. You can't fault that. But again, the opinions on both a critical and also as well a fan nature have been divided. Here with me today 
is someone who just lives and breathes Star Wars each and every day. And it's just a you know amazing individual indeed. Every time I talk to him, and if you haven't already checked out his awesome documentary Nintendo Quest, you got to go ahead and check it out today on DVD, Blu-ray, or wherever you can go ahead and stream it. He's also part of the Rob McCallum Films upcoming documentary as well, Action yeah. Figures Adventures, I should say. Yes. It, yes. So it is a good man indeed. Is it is Mr. Jay Bartlett and Jay. Thank you so much for joining me today on the spoiler cast. So spoilers ahead for everyone out there. Yeah. If you guys haven't seen the rise of Skywalker yet, maybe watch and listen to this after you have, because there's definitely going to be a ton of spoilers. It's kind of hard to talk about what happens without spoiling since there's so many secrets that are finally revealed. So, Hey man, thanks again for having me. It's been uh, far too long. So yes, it has been far too long, my friend. And I was trying to get, get you on, beforehand as far as the hype is concerned couldn't quite match up on that but i'm i'm so glad to have you here now i know josh had stated in his non-spoilery well actually tried to avoid spoilers and maybe he gave a couple little spoilers type review on our pcc multiverse that was syndicated worldwide he was kind of saying that the movie itself is it's just to the point where you can't really talk about it without sharing some spoilers and he couldn't avoid some of the spoilers that was on it so now that we're able to go ahead and just put it all out there i start off with you my friend on your general thoughts on rise of skywalker well i've only seen it once i'm going again tomorrow my initial watch was i mean it, it was a fun ride it was a fun ride i i wasn't quite as emotional as i thought i would have been Usually, this is funny, but I usually tear up when it says a long time ago, Galaxy Far, Far Away. But I was pretty I was pretty uh, tame this time around, and I wanted to bring up a quote real quick. Again, this is a spoiler cast, guys. So uh, when the opening crawl comes up, the first words are, the dead speak. So right off the bat, I was like, whoa. Um, that, that's pretty crazy. Um, I know you have lots of thoughts on where this sequel has gone or sorry this uh, sequel trilogy has gone and i don't want to start off on a negative but right away something like that the dead speak and there's this ominous uh transmission that's gone across the galaxy and it's palpatine has returned right off the bat gerald shouldn't have that been set up at the end of the last jedi something this big well so again you have a situation where you have different directors doing different things and the last jedi as much as i know you and rob mccallum both enjoy that film and how divisive it is i think it's just a part of the overall first mistake that lucasfilm made in not saying hey we want an overarching narrative consistent through all three movies yeah, yeah. and this is the problem when you're trying for me number one problem is that this film tried to go out of its way to retcon the last film that also retconned the first film. So you're, you're, you're right off the bat, you're in a negative in and there of itself. And for me, I think that's a, that's a Lucasfilm issue. It's not the directors in this, in this instance, it's the Luke, it's the people behind Lucasfilm that didn't say, Hey, we wanted to go ahead and have an overarching narrative. Here's what I want to get from point A to point Z. And this is what we want to happen each way. We'll allow you creative freedom on how to get there. But the problem is both Rian Johnson and also as well J.J. Abrams, 
who unfortunately was brought in at the last minute, not the last minute, mind you, but was brought in after the original director for the third film left the the project. And it's just, it seemed seemingly with the writers and directors, it just didn't seem to mesh along as a cohesive narrative all throughout the series. Okay. I mean, can, can you blame the guy for leaving? Yeah. No, honestly, can you blame the guy for leaving? No, what? I can't. I mean, and this is not unheard of before in this last, what, five years of Star Wars films where we've seen not once, not twice, but three times where director yeah. or directors have been, you know, left up, left their projects just because of the problems with Disney and Lucasfilm. See, you, I mean, you want to talk about a backlash. You don't have to just worry about, uh, you know, not selling your product in the theater. You're not making the numbers. That's, that's in itself an issue. But the personal attacks that you will receive on all your social media platforms I mean, you know, I get, hats off to Ryan Johnson for being a trooper because that guy's taken it for two solid years hard. And I don't see that ever going away because he'll always be the guy who made episode eight. He was the writer. He was the director. Uh, Kathleen Kennedy gave him full rights to, you know, JJ and Lawrence Kasdan created these characters. And she basically said, here you go. It's up to you what you do with them. Now, JJ claims that he had an arc from seven to nine. I don't know how much I believe of that. What do you think? If there was, it wasn't followed. That's the problem. Yeah, it, it just it's it, it's like if you take uh, three parts of a puzzle and you're trying to fit it together, but you're fitting it in the wrong way, and you're expecting a complete puzzle at the end to be done, and it just unfortunately wasn't done. That I mean, the Last Jedi, like you, like I said, both you, Rob, and the critics, for the most part, of the three films, it is the most critically acclaimed of the three films, but. When it comes to general audiences, so much was changed that Star Wars fans, you got to see the Star Wars fandom, you know, rise up and and just complete, you know, for the, uh, you hear it all the time as far as The Last yeah. Jedi, the changes that were made, very unhappy. And, and as far as also setting a consistent narrative just seemed to seemingly just uh, went astray. And that's, that's so hard to make up, when, you know, in the third film with The Rise of Skywalker, when you have so much to do so much to tell and so much to clean up yeah true and <laughs> and then you said the rise and it start again with the dead rise again i thought that was something that you should have left with palpatine i thought that palpatine let's put it out there palpatine involved involvement in the film i thought was good but the way it was introduced right off the get-go was was something that was disappointing and you mentioned should it have been mentioned in the last jedi you know what? That could have been something that had been hinted at at the Last Jedi, would have, which would have made the rise of Skywalker to a lot of people a lot more effective. I'm no screenwriter. I, I, I'm not. But let's just say, you know, at the end of the Last Jedi, uh, Luke foils Kylo Ren, and the Resistance can't get a transmission out. No one's coming. No one's coming to help the twelve of them. Well, I wonder why. Maybe because this other transmission is going across the galaxy saying. I, I'm here again. I'm coming for everyone. I have ships that will destroy. They're equipped to destroy planets. So that's why maybe nobody is coming. I just thought of that off the top of my head. There you go. I mean, at least that way you're setting up Palpatine coming back. And instead, you know, J.J. and Lawrence, they created Snoke to be kind of the mentor figure for Kylo Ren. And, you know, not trying to joke here, but Johnson just cuts him down. And it's like, okay, he's nothing. Everything you had for Ray's parents, well, you know, that's nothing, too. Uh, Kylo's story arc is, you know, done, and I, I don't know, man. I, I think 
I think J.J. Abrams had his work cut out for him. I think he did the best he could with what he had. And considering you're, you're also having to tie up Princess Leia and uh, Carrie having been gone right after The Last Jedi or, or slightly before, I can't remember. But you're having to fetch a story from this, this actress that has passed on and you're having to go on the cutting room floor for The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi and piece together what's going to happen to Leia and come up with this story. And I thought as far as that goes, they, uh, he did a really amazing job. Of, yeah. Th- that, uh, that I, I will give you that. I, I will give you on that. If for what they had and what they had to do, I, I would give you uh, and give them a lot of props for trying to go ahead and make something cohesive out of what a, it was an unfortunate situation, untimely death. And the fact is that Harrison Ford also, you know, he never wanted to come back to the Star Wars universe, but because, you know, of her death, he had to come back into a scene where, you know, it was clearly meant for, for Princess Leia. And unfortunately, what you know, he had to come in back into that scene that, yeah. you know, to talk and to reach out to Ben Solo in what, what was a, a dream. It's not a force ghost. He, it was a dream sequence of his sort it's, of it, it has something to do with the fact that Kylo said, you know, why you're here. And he's like, how should I know, kid? It's your, your dream or whatever. Yeah. It's, so. it's all in Kylo's mind. But yeah, man, I mean, we could talk about the positives. We could talk about the negatives. It's your show, man. I have lots to say on both. So, oh yeah, go right ahead. By all means, man. I just, like I said, overall, I want to hear your thoughts on the, on the picture and then we'll go from there and we'll, we'll weed out exactly what was, you know, good, beneficial, like we're doing now, you know, uh, but you you know, you said you've only seen it once, but you've taken some of it and you've digested it, but Leaning that as a starting point, overall, when you came out of the picture, were you satisfied as a Star Wars fan? I was satisfied because it was epic. It, it was very much like the Infinity Gauntlet story in the Marvel movies that ended last summer, Infinity War. It was big on that scale. I didn't like... One of my favorite characters is Kylo Ren. I didn't like how his story ended. And it was so close, Gerald, so close to being absolutely incredible. Because Ray is dead, he's holding her, and he brings her back to life. And I would have been okay if uh, he transferred his force essence to her to save her, and then he died. But why did they have to kiss? Why now? Why in the last 10 seconds of that scene do they have to do that whole Raylo thing? This trilogy stayed so far away from any kind of romance, save for Finn and Rose, which made no sense anyway. Talk about the kiss of death. Yeah, and wouldn't it have been great if Ray had sacrificed herself, killed Palpatine, and Ben was the one who rose. He was the rise of Skywalker. He rose and continued the Jedi Order, and then he saw Ray, Luke, and Leia at the end. How about they both live happily ever after? Yeah, or, like or that. that. They're both yeah. very strong in the Force, clearly. But the rise of Skywalker title in and of itself is a misnomer because you know she what what is right what skywalker rose at the end she just said oh i'm gonna call myself a skywalker that's it that's not exactly a rise of skywalker there's three three options she could have just stayed as ray from nowhere or she could have been a palpatine which obviously she doesn't want to carry that name and yeah skywalker so i mean i'm not saying i didn't like the end of the film i didn't like i didn't like the way uh ben solo ended i like how he came back to save her i i called that I mean, that was pretty obvious that was going to happen. But the fact that the, that he had to have some kind of romantic connection 
I might be wrong. That might be how they transfer the force essence. I don't know. I don't think so. I think he always had a thing for her. But that's my only gripe with that part. I don't know. What did you think about the the final the final shot? There? Well, the final part, how they how they laid it out with him dying and again the kiss of death and all that to heal her and bring her back to life and and uh, you know well, well it wasn't kiss of death per se but i mean they kissed and then she he died but you know he healed her with you know, and all that with his force powers and then all of a sudden it was so much to overcome and all that I, I don't know it was kind of hokey to me it came off very hokey and i thought it was disappointing because i think if you want this trilogy of star wars saga to end the best way to do it is the way the Return of the Jedi did it because you mirrored JJ Abrams mirrored so much of Return of the Jedi in this film. And yeah. if you're going to do that, you might as well just have a happy ending. Tie that bow in the way that a Star Wars film should. And and they had the opportunity to do so and chose not to. And I thought that was very disappointing, you know, in that part of it. And I again the way they ended it on such a somber note and such a, a you know, uh, just almost indistinguishable note was just kind of disappointing on the way to do it. I think they should have ended it the way they ended Return of the Jedi with the big, huge, happy ending because you're sending off the Skywalker saga. You're dust, you're, you're cleaning it, you're, you're finishing it off, you're sweeping it on the rug. You might as well go ahead and have everyone off on a happy note. And unfortunately, they didn't do that. Did you see, though, they, they attempted to? There was a but weird... They, they could have. But they chose but no, no, no. But they they tried. There's a there's a weird couple shots at the very end there where they show Bespin, where they show the Ewoks. It makes no sense to me. I don't, I don't know. Well, it goes back to the old fan theories about why the Ewoks are there in the first place. So yeah, you know, with merchandising and all that. So, but I, the, the the beginning of the film for me, it, it's like wow. If you don't have your seatbelt strapped in, you're going to be flying off the seat because it. Bam, it starts so fast. And all of a sudden, here's the crawl. Then all of a sudden, you see Kylo Ren slaughtering all these people to get the, the, the map. I can't remember what it's called to get to find Palpatine. And then two seconds later, boom, he's going to the edge of the galaxy to find Palpatine. You're like, okay. And then he confronts the Emperor within like the first, what, three minutes? You're like, holy cow, this is moving fast, right? And that's the problem, I think, or one of the main problems with the film is that it does so much. And it tries to go ahead and throw so much at you because it's doing a lot of fan service. It's trying to close up, tie up any loose ends. It's also trying to go ahead and retcon the retcon. It's trying to do so much. When you do so much, you tell so little because everything is a little sprinkle this, little sprinkle that, little sprinkle this, little sprinkle that. And by the time you go ahead and you have your whole, let's say, a pizza per se. You, you yeah. really don't have much of the pizza there because of the fact that there's just so much that was sprinkled in and people just don't understand what's going on, especially if you're a casual fan. If you're a casual fan and you're trying to figure out what's going on, I can't blame you if you, don't, if you can't keep up because there's just so much thrown on at you during the course of the film that it doesn't allow the chance for the movie to breathe. And sometimes you need to go ahead and have that moment of, of, of just – pacing issue you know pacing to go ahead and help tell a better and larger narrative and i don't think they did that here in this film it doesn't help also when you're piling on all these new characters uh which i think are great uh zori bliss i guess she's a bounty hunter i don't know what she is the the woman that poe was involved with those years back very cool character but what was the point 
you know, he gave her, she gave him that coin that allowed them to get on a starship with that was so valuable to her just five minutes prior. But at the end of the film, he, he looks over at her like, Come on over, and she's like, Not a chance, bud. You had your shot, kind of thing. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, and uh, Jaina, I think her name was Jana, whoever's hanging out with Finn, a uh, really cool character again with bow and arrow and stuff that. Uh, you know, all of a sudden she she was inseparable with Finn, and Rose kind of just gets tossed to the side, side, right? And it's my problem that I had way back with the original X Men movies, where you have too many characters that are really interesting, but there's not enough screen time. It doesn't it doesn't lend itself well to a two hour film. And then Finn and Ray, even though Finn is you know Ray, he always has to do that scream for Ray. Yeah. And 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 poor guy, he gets kicked to the curb as well in the middle of the Ray Kylo Ren love thing going on. So that that thing that was going supposedly kind of looking like it may go on during the first two films, that also gets pushed to the side as well. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think Finn had much of a character at all in the Last Jedi. You know, the the biggest thing he did was he tries to sacrifice himself. You know, at the end to save. The resistance, which his little ship going into that laser wouldn't have done anything except kill him. <laughs> so I, I feel bad again. That was a great character that kind of just got thrown to the side. We've talked about the Canto bite scene in the Last Jedi. I don't have a problem with it. I think it's kind of pointless in that movie, but I like the scene. But that you know, he did kind of get the shaft, and the Rose character got pushed away and. I don't know. Let's talk about some positive things about it. Yeah, trying to, and that's one of the things we should do because overall, I'm going to give it a positive score. Uh, but it, for me, it just wasn't the completion I wanted it to be. But there was some positive things about it, and I will say that yes, there was a lot of stuff thrown at it, including fan service. A lot of fan service. Maybe too much fan service, but uh, yeah. for me, the fan service for the most part was enjoyable. Yeah, my problem with Rogue One was Gareth Edwards' fan service. And there was way, way too much fan service in Rogue One to the point where they do a close-up sweep of the blue milk glass. I remember that. You used to like that. Remember that? This film's okay because it has that in it. I don't like that. You know what I mean? And I think the Mandalorian TV show has been good up until that one episode where they went to Tatooine and then it was that kind of crap again. I don't like that. And that's why I like Ryan Johnson's Star Wars, because he does something different. Forget about changing the story. His movie doesn't follow the usual beats, and I like that. Everyone is so afraid to, to go off that path, to explore the galaxy, because if you do, you know we don't know what's going to happen. I think it's great, though. I think The Mandalorian is succeeding so well because it's doing that. You know, you meet characters. You really care about these characters. Like, I don't know if you've seen The Mandalorian or not. Oh, yeah. Okay, oh, so yeah. Will, who, who's Nick Nolte's character, the young knight, you only see him in a couple of episodes, but you really like that character. It's just great development, right? Getting back to Ryan Johnson, I think he didn't follow the usual path, and he kind of did his own thing, and, and everyone doesn't like that. So you go back to JJ, who's hitting all the same beats again, kind of like, okay, you know, I'm trying to save this. Here's the planet destroyers that you guys like. Here's the, the, the evil emperor that you guys like. It's okay. But then I, I'm reading reviews and people are on it anyway. I'm almost glad that the Skywalker saga is over because I'm so tired of people complaining. You get, you get something completely different. You don't like it. You get something that's similar. 
you don't like it. I just enjoyed the fact that Palpatine was a part of the plan because I thought as an overall nature, I think Palpatine being a Palpatine was, you know, for Ray, something that came out of left field that I kind of liked when it was mentioned. Just the problem is they gave it away too soon. I just wish they would have structured it better over the course of the three films if that was their end goal. If it was, I think it would have been really, really a nice thing to go ahead and, and shock people with. But yeah, I just, yeah. when I saw it, it was just, it was kind of, I said it was, to me, it was a missed opportunity, but it's something I liked as far as having Palpatine involvement in it and also as well her being a, a Palpatine. I just, I just wish they would have given it to us as a shock, similar to what Darth Vader is your father type deal. Yeah. And I was actually going to touch on Empire. I did a, interview here a couple but a week ago and i said in the interview that everyone is waiting for that i am your father moment again from empire strikes back and you're never going to have that moment again that that moment was so big in cinema history because nobody not one person would ever think that that was going to happen the main bad guy would be the hero's father nobody thought that so it was so incredible to see that for the first time and it blew you away and then you had three years to talk about it if it was even true until jedi came out the problem itself with that is george lucas unfortunately with the prequels for whatever reason found the need to tie every single character to everybody else so condition us to think that way all the way to the to where c-3po is created by anakin like that's so stupid who cares and you had to have that moment in Phantom Menace, Obi-Wan Kenobi, this is Anakin Skywalker. This is the moment, guys. So we've been conditioned to expect that now, that every character is tied to every character. And you like the, the Palpatine Ray thing. I, I don't. I don't. I liked that Kylo says in The Last Jedi, you're nothing. You know, you, you're no one. Your parents were nobody. You have no place in this story. That doesn't explain why she's good with the Force. They still have to figure that out. So I will say that. But I liked that she was Ray from nowhere. And, and, and to go further into that, it's almost a contradiction because you're telling me Palpatine's son is a nobody? Even if he wasn't Force-sensitive, which is probably why Palpatine ostracized him from the family or whatever happened, but you're the son of the Emperor. How can you be nobody? Does that make sense? Uh, in that way, you're right, because it doesn't really describe why he went after and killed, eventually had someone kill, you know, his son and, and, and daughter-in-law or, and whatnot. And why the son, because I'm assuming the son was the direct lineage, correct? Yes. The son. Okay. And yeah. from what I see, you only see that brief, you know, force uh, image or whatever it is, flashback or whatever. But as far as I, he doesn't look like a Jedi, he looks like a peasant to me. He doesn't look, he looks but like you, a owner. But it doesn't say explain why the son decided to branch off away from his father, Palpatine, why he wanted to go ahead and deny his past. And that's no. that's something that's a missing piece there that I think that would have been sorely needed. Yeah, and and even if you are just turned out to be a farmer or a commoner or whatever you are, you're still the son of the emperor, the biggest Sith Lord that's ruled the galaxy in all history. <laughs> you're still somebody from association. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't know. What's a good analogy? I don't have one. It's like being Michael Jackson's kid. You don't do anything with your life. You become just a, you know, a common worker somewhere. You're still Michael Jackson's kid. You know what I mean? So yeah. the fact that they say that you know you come from nothing, 
that part really doesn't make sense. And, and again, I just I think it's one of the moments where they could have had a, a bigger opportunity and a bigger reveal and a bigger surprise. And they blew it right off the bat with the crawl. And, and that was kind of disappointing that already we were seeing that. And we, we knew going in, if you see the trailer, that Palpatine was going to be involved, but you didn't know yeah. how. And it would have been great to see it done in a different fashion. I mean, and then also, I would have liked a larger battle to be seen up on top. I mean, you're spending all that money on special effects and things of that nature with all the ships and all the things that's going on. I would have loved to have seen a more climactic battle, but of course the focus was on what was going down below, uh, you know, with Palpatine and Ray and Kylo and all that. But I would have loved to have seen more scenes as far as with Poe and Finn and all that going on up above. I think that would have been also help the better suit the, the, the whole entire context as well. It's weird because you had the same three scenes that always end a Star Wars movie. You had the the air battle going on the same time as the Jedi fights whoever at the same time as there's a ground battle to take down whatever so the ships can get in and kill the thing. Uh, was it just me or uh, the ground part with uh, Jaina? Again, forgive me if that's not her name. I think it's Jaina and Finn. That part seems so small. I mean, very small. It was just really cool with them riding on horses. I'm like, that's really a, a, a good twist. That's really cool. But it seemed really tiny. And even all the ships in space there with all the Star Destroyers, it somehow felt way smaller. You know, you have basically every ship in the galaxy versus every ship in the galaxy. And it still seemed tiny. I don't know why. And that's something, again, he was mirroring the Return of the Jedi and having all three going on simultaneously. But so much focus was dominated by what was going down below that it took away almost everything away from what was going on above with that both that quote unquote ground battle on the ship and also as well the, the space battle or the air battle in the air going on which I would have loved to have seen more of because that's one of the things I will slight Return of the Jedi on is that I wanted to see more of those scenes up above that was going on along with what was going on down below or in the in the Death Star at that point mm-hmm. in time. I would have loved to have seen a better combination, a better mix of each. And I think if, if more time would have been given to what was going on up above, I think it would have helped the film overall. I, I agree. And I know we're... I, I honestly do love the film and uh, I'm just doing little nitpicky things. I, I do want to make it clear to everybody watching. I, I absolutely love the film. I, I don't see how you could have ended it any bigger. I mean, Palpatine having every Sith Lord in him at the same time, Ray has 10, I think I counted 10 Jedi Knights in her. Was uh, Samuel Jackson's voice in? I missed that if that was his, if he was in it. Yeah, there's uh, not going to list them all. There's yeah, Yoda, Obi Wan, Mace Windu, Qui Gon Jinn, Anakin Skywalker, Ahsoka Tano. Well, I think she was supposed to represent every Jedi within her, but those are the ones that spoke. Of. No, but then they all spoke. Even Freddie Prince Jr. was there as Kanan. Like it was, it represented all of Star Wars: Rebels, Clone Wars, which was another great moment that I like to see. Not that you, those series need validation because they're canon, but to see them in the cinematic world was really cool. Would have been cool for a General Thrawn appearance then. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and what a throwaway for Hawks, eh? This this new general, I think his name was, I can't even remember his name, Pride, Pride Admiral Pride, I think. And he just shoots Hawks. It's just that, that poor character. He was so great in 
the force awakens you know him and ren fighting for snoke's approval like two brothers almost and then you know just gets, discarded at the end it's discarded like oh he's the traitor and his only motivation is he just wants ren to fail that gerald there's too many pieces there's too many characters happening they should have done a, a part one and two like they did with infinity war i think that would have been cool like nine and i don't know what you would have called it nine part two i don't see why not but they should have split this film into two i just thought of that now too i don't know just thought well no actually that's a good point and with kevin feige hopefully involved in the star wars universe to some extent hopefully they will go ahead and maybe get better guidance in that aspect but yes I think it would have been better suited for a part one and a part two, as opposed to just trying to cram everything into within a two and a half hour time frame. And I think, again, that's that's going to be what a lot of people, especially casual fans, will come off of, is that you're throwing all this stuff on the screen, but does all of it stick? And I don't think all of it sticks. And that's the problem I think a lot of people are going to have and why it's not garnering the love that you know many of the other star wars films has in fact right now the cinema score for it leading out to the grade is a b plus which is okay it's pretty good but this is the first star wars film to not get an a coming out of the theater which as you know does not help the long term because the, the better grade you get the law the better it leads into the fact that there could be longer term at the box office so i'm hopeful that it still does well Again, I think it's the word of mouth when it comes to this film. I don't think it's going to garner as much anger or hate because of the fact that there was so much, uh, you know, trying to repair what was done in The Last Jedi. And you love the fact that The Last Jedi took the steps that it did. And I, that's, I think, where it comes down to the polarity of the film because you either love or you hate The Last Jedi. When it comes to what we've seen in The Rise of Skywalker, I think The Rise of Skywalker, because of the steps it tried to give, I think it will get more love long-term. But right now, I think it's just the point where a lot of people are just going, hey, this was just too much for me to handle. Yeah, I can see that. It almost reminds me of us playing as action figures, speaking of that, where these directors are playing with these toys. It really honestly reminds me of that. And there's a part when Rey goes to Octu to try and summon Luke's spirit, right? She needs to talk to Luke. And... I don't know why the TIE fighter's on fire, but she crashed it. I don't know, but she's standing there looking at it and she's calling and she gets angry and she throws the Skywalker saber into the fire and Luke catches it. Luke's spirit catches it. And he says, you know, something like a Jedi's weapon should be treated with more respect. Basically, you know, to Ryan Johnson. And I was like, that's cool and all, man, but like get the politics out of here. Like, how can you not think that that's what that meant? Considering... JJ set up that great scene where she's handing the saber to Luke in episode seven with a great cliffhanger. Like, is he going to accept it? Is he going to save the galaxy to the beginning of the last Jedi where comedically he's like, meh. Right. So it's like back and forth. It's just leave the politics out of it, man. I think that's a huge issue. Kennedy, that's all her, her doing and giving Ryan such, such free uh, reign on the script. Right. That's that's again, that's another issue. Like I said, the cohesiveness of it all seemed to be off and on the entire series when it comes to the last part of the Skywalker saga. I do love that end of that scene where you know you see Ray in the foreground and then you see Mark Hamill in the background, and his, just the look on his face goes, 
I know he's almost like he was going to go ahead and shake his head, go, mm hmm, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, when he lifts the X Wing out, exactly, yeah, yeah, which I think is funny, right? Because okay, he lifts the X Wing out, which has got to be like nothing. He, he projected himself to crate to save everybody, he projected himself there, and it was, it was such an exertion, it killed him, or he became one with the force, right. But, but you know, it's again to us, the audience. See, I can lift the X Wing. See, I did it. Yeah. Uh, but that's another thing the humor. I think the humor felt flat in this film. I think any attempts at jokes were off the mark. And I think that's a problem with the film when Star Wars has those tiny little quips that make it funny. I think the only, the only thing resembling that's close to it was done by Harrison Ford with the same line that he gave back so many years ago and uh, that was just the just kind of disappointing that the humor didn't connect with what was going on with the movie it seems to be there's some ad living going on and that's all the director or whoever the editor if they want to keep that in or not uh that, that's you know ghostbusters versus ghostbusters 2016 that was the biggest problem was these these women are they're respectable comedians in their own right but i'm sorry you're not Bill Murray. You're not Dan Aykroyd. You're not Harold Ramis, who are absolute legends. So when they do it, it's different than when when the 2016 cast did it. You know what I mean? So it's like when Harrison Ford, you know, uh, ad libs the the scene in Return or uh, Raiders of Lost Ark where he shoots the swordsman. It works because that's Harrison Ford. Do you know what I mean? Not everyone can pull that off. So I think with John Boyega. Is trying to you know make funny lines and uh, maybe we should keep that in because you know the audience might like it. It just doesn't work. Yeah, because, and that's and that's the problem. Not, you're not that caliber of actor. You know what I mean? That's just not. That's how I see it. And for me, like I said, every time they tried to attempt a joke, Poe Dameron, Finn, just anyone, just it just didn't seem to fall. It, it fell flat for me, and it just that part of it was disappointing because at least star Wars usually has a, a funny, even C3PO stuff didn't, didn't connect very well uh, at all. And uh, yeah. did you like at least the turn that C3PO had in, in what was going on? Because he, he knew that he found out the location of where to go, but couldn't say it because of his programming because of Sith language into it. So they had to reprogram him. Did you like that last type of uh, heroics that unfortunate that he had to, uh, lose his memory because of it. But, you know, I thought there was going to be something bigger. The way the trailer leads you on there, that he was going to make a bigger sacrifice, he ultimately ended up not doing it, just, you know, got his memory wiped and all, which I don't know, just came off sort of inconsequential. And that was, that was also yeah, it was the way, the way that trailer's cut, it makes it seem like he's going to go into this reversible thing where he's going to shut down or whatever. You know, he's like, you know, I'm saying, go, taking one last look at my friends, and then everyone like gets a tear in their eye at the trailer. I know I did. I'm like, okay, so 3PO is going to be erased. Think about that. A new hope and on, all that gone, all that knowledge gone. He's not going to know who anybody is. And they're like, oh, doesn't R2 have a backup of your memory? And he's like, oh, R2 units aren't reliable that way. But R2 had all his memories anyway. So it was like what they did with Chewbacca. It was like the switch baskets and Raiders, right? where it was like you think Marion's in the basket and she blew up in the truck, but really she was in another basket. It's what they did with Chewie. And there was a lot of that. You think this character is dead, but they're not really dead. So they did that with Chewbacca. They did it with 3PO. And I mean dead as in dead to us. Like the 3PO we know is going to be gone. 
And, you know, I didn't want to see three field goal, but I thought, you know, that's a ballsy move to, to do that. But they didn't. And then R2-D2, yeah, in the last of the Skywalker saga, he wasn't there much at all. Uh, and obviously the spotlight was going to be on BB-8, but still I think R2-D2 should have done something more, been more prominent in some form or fashion. Yeah, considering 3PO is still there. You know, they're both old droids now. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, R2 was in Poe's X-Wing at the end. He was co-piloting for Poe. That was kind of cool. But did you, did you happen to see Wedge as the gunner yes. of Falcon? <laughs> and Greg Grunenberg, who is a longtime J.J. Abrams favorite, in his films yeah. he's been in his films so he's been lost and so many other things that I also know him from heroes and whatnot i knew in the trailer that it was going to be him that was going to get that that blew up in the if you're jj abrams you know fan and you know his work I, you know as soon as i saw poe dameron go no no and you see the tie fight i'm like that's got to be Grunberg. that's got to yeah, be him snap wexley i think is the character yeah something yeah. Like that, yeah and he was i don't believe he was in the last jedi no, I don't. No, strangely he's enough, close mm. to AJ, like you said, so that only makes sense. But because he was also in the the, the sequel film, for, no, he was also in one of the films of the Star Trek universe as well. But oh, was okay. yeah. But JJ Abrams produced it. But I think I think he was in the third one, if I remember correctly, not in the first two. But anyways, yeah, he's a longtime favorite of JJ Abrams. They've worked together many times, and yeah, just I could tell in the trailer that was going to be him that that passed away because yeah, what was going on because and how how you know you could see him Poe Dameron's emotion in that scene. But speaking of Poe Dameron, do you like his arc? Do you think like, think that he was given enough? Do you think that that him being promoted to general after Leia's death in the film, which we'll touch on last here in a sec. Uh, you know, do you think Poe Dameron was given enough to go ahead and be a, I don't know, just be something more than what he was in the first two films? I didn't really see his arc change much, to be honest. I saw, you know, we got a little bit of glimpse into his background and he was doing some, you know, illegal stuff, which is what Han did. So, I mean, they could have come up with something else other than a spice runner. It's like, again, it's that safety net that, the creators of Star Wars think we need. Oh, so he's a spice runner. Oh, I remember that. Han used to do that. Okay, he's okay. You know, I don't like that, man. It's so frustrating to me. I've always loved Poe. I think Poe is one of the coolest characters of the new cast. But he became general, but he was still, like, in the X-Wing. Like, he wasn't on the bridge of a ship or anything. So what was his arc, really? I think what they did with... Carrie Fisher was really brilliant considering they had a limited number of footage to work with the cut stuff from force awakens and last Jedi. I like that you see a little bit of her and Luke younger training and that kind of, it was JJ's idea the whole time to make her a Jedi, which we didn't see much of in the last Jedi. We saw her sustain herself in that, but uh, I mean, I was, I, I think we've all been wondering since Carrie Fisher's death, how they're going to write her out of the series. And I think I think it, it was really awesome. It was a lot more than I thought it was going to be. But when it comes to what she did as far as interjecting herself with the Force, with Ben Solo, you know, obviously to go ahead and try and save him. And I, I liked what that part. But the only thing is it lessens the impact of what The Last Jedi and Mark Hamill did in his scene. To me, it, it's because it seems like, okay, well, I have this thing. It's, it could kill me. 
But if I use the force, I can go ahead and force Skype myself and interject myself into another force carrier, so to speak. And yeah. and to me, I, it just seemed kind of weird with that. That's the case. You know, it worked for what it was, and I know they needed it, and especially because of what happened with Carrie Fisher. But for me now, I look back on what Mark Hamill did and just said, "Oh, well, well that just—it's been done again." So, I, well, I think Luke was at a point where he was just done with Kylo Ren, and I think it was more—he didn't really care at that point anymore what happened to Kylo, where Leia was always trying to save him. So Leia's last sacrifice, and it and it worked, right? She she. I don't want to say turned her son, but that was the turning point, right? Because Ray, he, he pretty much had Ray beat. She was down. And then only because Leia was there, then he turns around and that's when she gets the best of them. And we all kind of thought Kylo was dead, right? When he was lying there. But uh, yeah. And then also the Millennium Falcon. Just Millennium Falcon lived as much as people wanted to destroy that thing. And and I tell you what, a lot of people wanted to go ahead and have it out for it, especially in the last episode of the Skywalker saga. It did live. Do you like the fact that they changed a little bit of the Star Wars lore and you know they used that as kind of a narrative out when Poe was flying through there and he and he was able to go ahead and jump and jump and jump and jump and warp and warp and warp and warp repeatedly when this is something that it was kind of maybe alluded to in the original Star Wars series that you needed time to reset the nav computers and all of that nature. And all of a sudden that Poe Dameron's able to go ahead and get the Millennium Falcon to go and and because the narrative and story needed it to go ahead and jump, keep jumping, jumping, what, several, five, five times, if I'm not mistaken? Uh, that did, it didn't bother me honestly. I thought it was cool, and it showed what a fantastic pilot not only he is, but the desperation they were to to lose these uh, first order agents, right? So they're lucky they didn't hit anything, right? That <laughs> just shows like the the desperation of them trying to escape. It was another way instead of the Tie Fighters chasing them down, and then they go in the guns and shoot them down like usual. This was just a, it was a different way, and I I appreciate them trying something different. But overall, when it comes to Star Wars, A Rise of Skywalker, you do enjoy it overall as a film. You want to, we've nitpicked it a lot over the past hour. There's a lot of things we have issued with. I'm giving it a slightly passing grade, but you are much more receptive and positive overall on, on the film itself. Yeah, I thought it was great. It has its issues, but every, every single Star Wars anything has issues. And, and if you look deep enough, you'll find them. You got to remember this is entertainment. It's a movie. If it ceases to entertain you, then you walk away from it, right? I mean, people grew up with four, five, and six, and everything else doesn't seem to live up to it. Okay, well, then maybe it's not for you anymore. Just, you know, just let it go. But they can't let it go. And that's what I find so strange. I don't have any particular love for the Marvel movies, even though I was raised on comic books. But I'm, I'm not going to piss on anyone's parade. I just, don't want to go see the Spider-Man movie. It's not a big deal, right? That's true. And then the one last thing I want to ask you, your thoughts on the Star Wars universe going forward. Are you excited as ever as a Star Wars fan? Because there's still, for me, a place in my heart always for Star Wars. And I'll always give it a chance. And I'll always give it another opportunity to go ahead and check it out. I know the plan is sometime within the next three or four years, they're going to go ahead and release. Uh, you know, Now it won't probably be a trilogy. They're going to see how it goes is what the latest thing that they're coming up with, that they're going to go ahead and tell a Star Wars story in a movie format. 
that hopefully will branch out into something, but they're not going to go ahead and say, hey, this is going to be a truly they're not they're not going to set it in stone, so to speak. So I want to hear your thoughts on the Star Wars universe going forward. Where should they go? And are you still as excited as ever to be a part of the Star Wars universe? I think hopefully the torch will get passed to Dave Filoni and John Favreau, who uh, Filoni's Clone Wars and Rebels is, is incredible. And uh, John Favreau is such an amazing writer and director. Who would have thought Mikey from Swingers would have been responsible for the greatest Star Wars TV show or, or a Star Wars TV show that, you know, is taking the world by storm. I think the future is very bright. I think if Ryan Johnson wants to do an old Republic trilogy, let him have it. The, the more the merrier, you know, as long as it doesn't cripple the series in some ridiculous way, which a lot of people think The Last Jedi did. I personally don't. I just think they need to try things that are different, like The Mandalorian. I mean, you have a, you have a protagonist that has no face, and everyone loves him, right? I mean, he, he has no expressions on his face. It's amazing. And, and uh, Favreau has made him lovable, and that show is just killing it, right? It's so funny because both Pedro Pascal and also as well, John Favreau with his character in The Mandalorian, you know, they could have been voicing it from anywhere. Pedro Pascal could have been on the set from another picture and could have voiced it all. That's just the funny thing about, you know, what's going on with technology these days. But The Mandalorian has proved to be successful and there's still more exciting stories to tell within the Star Wars realm. The Mandalorian, like you said, has garnered a lot of positive and great interest baby yoda baby yoda and there's just so much more stories that you can tell within the universe i do want them to go in another direction i do want them to go and have a fresh start so to speak when they go ahead and hit theaters again in three four years i would think that's probably the best way to do it not try to tie themselves or link themselves to the skywalker saga in any way i, I would like to see a fresh start a clean slate so to speak and let's go from there that would probably be the best thing for them at this point in time because it allows for people to go ahead and still recognize the Star Wars universe without having to go ahead and and trying to remember the good and bad about what's going on and create a new universe in and of itself. So I'm hopeful for the Star Wars universe and everything going away because this is the way when it comes to the Star Wars universe at this point in time. But I am hopeful for more great things within the Star Wars universe. I am too. And I have no problem with Kathleen Kennedy or the way things are being run. The one thing they're guilty of is they're trying to do too much fan service. I think they should do what George did, and George did what he wanted to do. The prequel's a little different, but definitely 4, 5, and 6, he made the stories he wanted to, and I think they should they should do it. They should have some balls again and let John Favreau and Fellini take it over. And, yeah, I think, I think we're in good hands, and I have spoken. So Yes, I have spoken indeed. <laughs> Well, before we head on out, my friend, you got to speak one more time because you got to tell us what's coming up on your schedule with yeah. Action Figures Adventure. I always see you either going on a show, doing a show, doing something here and there. So I want to hear what's the latest update, what's going on in the world of Jay Bartlett. So still, uh, Action Figure Adventure is is red hot right now, and we're getting ready to do a lot of special things. Like usual, I'm not allowed to talk about most of it, so you have to get that out of Rob. I don't know what I can and can't say. But uh, very soon, you're going to be getting a, a sneak peek of it. And we're really super excited. I've seen some of the footage that Rob has cut together, and it just it's blown me away. Podcast stuff on my YouTube channel is just Jay Bartlett. You can follow me there on Facebook. 
I got my own studio set up finally, so I'm just kind of messing around with making videos and video podcasts, so I'm loving it. But Action Figure Adventure, check it out on Facebook under Action Figure Documentary. And if you guys love vintage toys like we do, you will love our series, actually. There you go once again. It is Jay Bartlett. Please follow him today on Facebook, YouTube, or also as well, Action Figure Documentary on Facebook, where you'll get the latest on what's going on with Action Figure Adventures. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me about Star Wars Rise of Skywalker in the spoiler cast. Hopefully everybody got out of it what they wanted to. And if you have any questions, you could always let us know right here at Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook, Pop Culture Cosmos at Yahoo.com or at Pop Culture Cosmos on Twitter. If you have a question for Jay and I can go ahead and forward to him or us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. I appreciate you stopping by, Jay, so much. And I wish you all the best right here in a galaxy far, far away. And yes, I have spoken. If you need your video game fix, be sure to check out Retro City Games. Located in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada, Retro City Games has the cure for all your video game vices. Retro games and games for current consoles, Nintendo, Sega, PlayStation, Xbox, and more. Retro City Games has all the staples from any library and some highly collectible offerings too. So pick up a few games today at Retro City Games in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada. Retro City Games is your video game metropolis. And we're back to close out the show. This is Gerald Glassford along with my good friend Josh Peterson. All right, my friend, before we head on out, I want to thank Jay Bartlett so much for going ahead and elaborating in full in spoilers detail about Star Wars Episode Nine. Before I say anything more on it, I just want to hear your thoughts on Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. Okay, so I am of the mind that I thought it was very entertaining. I, I enjoyed watching it. I don't think it was a great film, but I like my time with it. You know, I'm not going to say it was the best Star Wars film because there's there's a feeling that you got after watching Return of the Jedi, especially for the first time. Like it felt like you're 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 getting your character development everything was coming to a close and i just didn't feel that with the the rise of skywalker it feels like the movie was all motion right there was not a lot of character development not a lot of plot development it was visually pleasing it was fun to watch it was all so fast and while jj abrams is denying that he spent 2 hours undoing what was done in the last jedi he kind of did that you know and i feel like a lot of great storytelling opportunities were wasted on that time but what, do, what were you, some of your like thoughts here? Just too much of everything. Very okay. hard to digest. Overwhelming, right? Yeah, very overwhelming. It felt like a version of a dartboard. It, let's throw everything at it and see what sticks. And okay. unfortunately, there was so much thrown at it. Not a lot of it stuck for me. The more I think about it, the less I like of Rise of Skywalker. I'm still giving it a passing grade. But I think they could have wrapped it up better, as I explained in the hour with Jay earlier in the show. And he said it best. It would have been better if they did a part one and a part two. What are your thoughts out there on Star Wars Rise of Skywalker? Because we'd love to hear your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Also as well, PopCultureCosmo on Twitter. And also PopCultureCosmos on Instagram as well. You can share us your thoughts on the film. Also, if you get a chance, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on our social media or subscribe to us on our YouTube channel as well. I want to wish you and the family happy holidays. I want to wish all of our listeners happy holidays. But before we head on out, it's Christmas. You got the TV going. What movie is at the Peterson home playing 
that you have programmed in there. This is going to sound cheesy, but love actually. Like, I'll be honest, it's my all time favorite Christmas movie. It's fun to watch. For me, I kind of like those soft, tearjerker, almost like a Hallmark movie in itself. And because Die Hard will be playing on my TV. This um, so I thought you were going to say Polar Express. Was, no. 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 My mistake. No. no. Let's head on down to Nakatomi Plaza and watch another round of Die Hard this Christmas. What's that old saying that goes, it's not a true Christmas until Alan Rickman gets thrown off Nakatomi Plaza? yippee Kaye, mother. <laughs> so for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the pop culture cosmos. We thank you for listening. And have a safe and happy holiday. And here's hoping you have yourself a great day. Hey, Geekazoids. The Metal Geeks podcast is your source for all things geeky from the perspective of a couple of metalheads. And me, George. That's right, and George. This is Carrie the Metal Geek along with Brutal Dave. And George Tripsis. Join us as we wax philosophical about our favorite subjects. Yeah, like what? Movies. And TV shows. Video games. Comics. Theme parks. And heavy metal. Join us on each episode as we discuss special topics. George hates metal. And find out what's tickling our little geeks. And much more. Come listen to us as we audibly age in your ear holes. You can find us on the social medias at Metal Geeks. And visit us on our website at MetalGeeksPodcast.com. Keep it metal. Keep it geeky. And me, George! You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. Tangentboundnetwork.com Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos and stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.